we live through hard times. Uh, we need the support. And there is no better way to have someone to come to your life, not to do something for you or to fix something, just to say, hey, I'm here for you. I, I understand your pain. I understand what you're going through. And we're going to get through it together. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. This week's love story belongs to Dimitri, a pilot with a passion for helping others. He spreads innovative messages of love and support for those going through difficult times. And his program, Dream Wings, allows children with special needs to take flight. When it comes to generosity, for Dimitri, the sky's the limit. Dimitri, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome, Nancy. My pleasure. I have been watching your story over the past seven or eight months with such interest and and with so much love uh, because you have literally lit up people's lives and I think you've been like a balm on their hearts. Um, I guess it's true to say your heart is in the sky. Very much so, and and on the ground with so many people. Let's talk first about how you first became very famous in Canada and beyond. Will you tell me about the day that started it all? It's unfortunate that it was a tragic day on April 19th of this year uh, with the events that uh, took place in Portapique. Um, it was a tragic day that shook us all up, left us in disbelief. And that afternoon, uh, I decided to go on a flight. But for the first time, I decided to do a flight path that is different than any other I've ever did. And uh, I went on my on a flight app that I use to help me navigating, uh, to help me to navigate. And uh, I drew a heart over Portapique. And uh, I took off late in the afternoon as the sun was setting. Short flight out of Halifax. And uh, I drew this heart, uh, this flight path that took the shape of a heart, of a heart. Uh, over the uh, mostly affected area. And uh, that's how it all started. The radar picked it up uh, and it showed uh, a heart uh, over Portapic. And that's how it all started. And am I right that at the time you were mostly doing it for yourself and did not anticipate that a lot of other people would know about it? That is true. Um, I did it for myself and it was sort of sending a message of support, uh, a text message from the sky, uh, an old fashioned smoke signal. Here we are in support of each other. I support you. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I didn't expect this, uh, uh, to, to, to go so big and, and reach all across North America and, and the world. And how did that unfold? Um, t- 
during the flight, uh, I remember uh, Lara was on my right seat. Actually, we did this flight together. And um, we were very quiet um, during the flight. The sun was setting. It was a beautiful setting, but you look down below and, and you feel the pain. As I finished uh, shaping uh, the heart, I was returning to the, air, to the airport. It looked good on my flight app. I was happy with it. I had sent out a message that I wanted to. Mission was accomplished. And then as I was returning and I was instructed to land, after landing, the air traffic controller said, uh, by the way, that was a beautiful flight path. And um, after I got home, I noticed that uh, it had gone viral. And uh, I started getting a lot of messages from, uh, from everywhere. People, uh, a lot of reporters. I didn't want to talk to anyone. Uh, I thought, we have so many people. We're still counting uh, our losses here. Why would anybody want to talk to me? So I called my daughter in California the next day, and uh, I was very upset. Uh, and I said, why would all these people call me? And, and what she said made sense. She said, um, I saw your flight path, Dad. It's all over North America. Um, you need to talk to the reporters. You need to let this little story out because we don't have anything good in the news right now. We're in the middle of a pandemic. This is a, a bright little spot in our darkest hour. And she was right. What really, what really made me feel good about this flight was that the next day, I got messages from people who were directly affected, uh, people who lost their parents. Got a message, a few messages saying, thank you, this means a lot to us. Thank you for what you did. And that justified um, more than anything else the flight that I did. And I was really glad that the story went out and uh, it served and it made so many people uh, feel a little bit of comfort and a message that a message of unity that we're going to get through this and we're going to get through it together. Yes, there it felt like there was such a togetherness in in the way people responded, the way we found out about it. And it was just it's hard to put into words what it was like to see that heart in the sky. It even took a moment, I remember, to understand what you had done. And then that landed in our hearts. I'm sure I can speak for a lot of people. So there's an interesting, there's an interesting difficulty in being in a situation where you've learned of a tragedy such as this massacre, and you have this feeling of complete helplessness. And yet, as you say, to be able to shine a little light in people's lives really helps with that helplessness. Do you agree? I now agree. After I landed, I wasn't so sure about it. But now I agree. It is. Um, I, I saw how much comfort 
this little flight path. Uh, to me, it was a message that I wanted to send personally to the people affected and to, and to whole Nova Scotia. We, one way or another, we were all affected by this. But to the ones who were directly affected, I, I wanted to send them a message and say, look, we are in this together. And Dimitri, this was not the last time you did it this year. This was actually, it was just the beginning. The pilot in me uh, said, ask, how, how did you do that? Uh, especially, how, how did you do the top of the heart? Uh, that's a tight turn. But nothing could prepare me for what came next. One blow after another. Um, with a loss of um, the helicopter in uh, the island of Kefalonia in, in Greece and the loss of, of the crew. Uh, the disappearance of uh, Dylan, the little three-year-old from, uh, from Truro. Um, the loss of uh, uh, Jen Casey in Kamloops and so on. I did, uh, uh, I wanted to honor uh, Heidi Stevenson, the RCMP officer who lost her life in the massacre. So I drew a lady in the sky and I didn't know how it was going to come out, but I just went and I did it. And uh, I called the drawing Lady H. Uh, the next day I got a message uh, from Heidi's mother saying how much this would have meant to Heidi uh, if she was here. And uh, she was very thankful and she encouraged me and she inspired me to move on and, and, and do more as I saw that um, these little drawings were bringing some comfort to people of Nova Scotia. 2020 has not been the first time that you've demonstrated love in the air, if I can put it that way. Can you tell me about your beautiful program you've been running for people in Nova Scotia called Dream Wings? Yes. Its main purpose is to give children with disabilities the a unique opportunity to experience, not only experience flight, but to be a pilot, uh, a child in a wheelchair, for example, who doesn't have the luxury of playing in the playground the way other children do, um, is offered this unique opportunity to learn a few things about aviation and aerodynamics and uh, experience flight from the right seat uh, of an airplane as a captain would do or as a co-pilot could do. This must have given you extraordinary joy over the years. It is my pride and joy. It is, I, I, I get a lot of joy out of this watching these kids, the smiles on their faces. I actually have a mother on the line whose son flew with you. And I know you know Lynn Arsenault. Lynn, can you tell us how you came to know Dimitri, please? Yes, I was contacted in June of 2017 by a mutual friend who knew Dimitri myself. And she made me aware of the program that Dimitri was starting. And uh, Daniel's first flight with Dimitri took place out of DeBert. Tell us about Daniel. Our son Daniel was born with Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is a progressive muscle wasting disorder. 
and presently there is still no cure. He became wheelchair bound in 2012 as a result of a fall where he broke his back and fractured his hip and he remained in a wheelchair since that time. But he never let the wheelchair define him and he was always so positive even in the face of adversity. And can you tell me what his uh, experience with Dimitri was? Dimitri provided Daniel with an incredible, incredible memories of an amazing time in the air with a man that Daniel truly admired, trusted, and looked up to. He gave him an unforgettable experience of a lifetime, the freedom to fly, which logistically is not something that is easy for someone that is wheelchair bound. This unique experience gave Daniel another reason to smile, gave him stories to share with all of his friends and family, and he truly felt like the king of the world, being up there in that plane next to Dimitri. And Lynn, I know you tragically lost Daniel. I understand that uh, Dimitri played a, a part in the day of the funeral. Dimitri was incredible. During our, our worst time in our lives, our lives were crushed. We were overcome with sorrow. And actually, at the wake in the funeral home, when Dimitri walked up to us, he had come all the way from Halifax to pay his respects, and we were just so truly overwhelmed. While he was there, Dimitri took a set of flight wings and pinned them on Daniel's chest in the casket, and we were beyond touched. It is something I will never forget as long as I live. There wasn't a dry eye in the place. Well, there's not a dry eye on this call right now either. <laughs> when we were leaving the funeral home the next day on our way to the church for the funeral, uh, we came outside of the building and heard a rumble in the air above us. And we look up and lo and behold, it's Dimitri in his plane. And he followed us and escorted us overhead to the church where Daniel was going to be laid to rest and attended the funeral and even came to the graveside service and paid his final respects there. When he flew over the church, he flew down low and the rumble in people's hearts were just palpable. It was incredible. Dimitri has talked about the response that he's gotten from people, both people who were directly impacted by the port mask massacre, but also um, from Nova Scotians who needed, uh, you know, their spirits bolstered. Can you speak directly uh, from the perspective of someone who was face-to-face -face with tragedy about how it impacted you? Certainly. Dimitri is such an exceptional person. He's so unassuming. He's truly inspiring. He exemplifies kindness and he is truly selfless. What he may think is just something small that he is doing on his part. He has no understanding of how great it makes a person feel and how supportive it is it's just truly remarkable he has such a soothing presence you know while his passion for aviation he wears that on his sleeve his relatability to children and working with children of special needs is just beyond amazing in my eyes 
Well, Lynn, thank you so much. I hope that you hold on to those beautiful memories of Daniel climbing into the cockpit with Dimitri. And I, I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. I would like to add one thing here. Um, after mm -hmm. Daniel had passed away, some time had gone by. Dimitri had contacted us in regards to making Daniel the ambassador for Dreamwings, which he did do. And he proceeded to place Daniel's name on the wing of the plane so that he could forever be his co-pilot. Dimitri, how, how does that land in your heart, those words? Uh, Daniel was an exceptional kid, and I had a couple of flights with him. It was... Um, it was really nice to be up in the air uh, and making memories for him and his family. Uh, I flew a couple of times with Daniel on the, on the right seat and, and his dad, Kenny, in the back. And what a beautiful time we had up there. It, it was awesome. And uh, yeah, uh, flying over his procession and uh, saying my, my farewell was something that I wanted to do. Um, and, uh, I'm happy I did it and I'm happy I was there, um, to support the family, wonderful, wonderful people, Lynn and, and Kenny and the rest of the family. And, uh, it was, it, it was unforgettable. You know, I had a very memorable and distinct feeling early on in the first lockdown in the spring that we were all being called to service in some way. We could all be of service to someone somehow. And you really stepped into that fully. And I, I just, uh, I'm so grateful that you have given so many people a sense of, um, relief in that you inspire us. You make us believe in the best of, of human beings. Once again, in a time when there's been a lot of darkness, you've brought a lot of light. And I wonder if you can explain from your perspective why it is that you love to fly. So apart from the joy that you've brought to so many others, what is the feeling that you get that made you want to go out that day of the shootings in Portapique? What is it about being in the fly, in the sky rather that you love so much? Uh, it's the freedom of being in a three-dimensional space and being in control, being in control of an aircraft and have the, uh, as I tell kids who, who are a little skeptical about coming on the airplane because there are a lot of kids who, who uh, are a little skeptical, a little afraid. I said, there's no trees up there. There's no crazy drivers to bump into us. There's no stop signs. We got the whole, <laughs> the sky to ourselves, <laughs> you know? Uh, that's what it is. You, you, you have freedom and, and, um, and and to be able to see the world from up there, and, and this is another thing that I share with the kids, is that see if you can find your house. And uh, they look, and it's it's a little difficult because the world is so difficult from up, so different from up there that unless you know what you're looking for, you you're going to find it. And it's funny how some of the kids uh, that I fly with. Um, 
they see the hospital. They recognize the hospital that, that they spend a lot of time in, uh, McDonald's and Walmart. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because you're literally breaking through a ceiling for them. You know, when I was a kid, I would jump at this. Somebody offered me uh, a flight on an airplane. I would jump at this. I, I loved airplanes. I developed a love for aviation. So maybe I'm passing that along um, and say, hey, come fly with me. Come, come experience this unique opportunity. Dimitri, Lynn described you as an earth angel. And I had already been thinking about the expression, you know, not all heroes wear capes. How do you feel when people say things like that about what you've done? Um, I appreciate it. I'm not an earth angel and, and certainly I'm not a hero. I believe, um, I believe in goodness. I believe that through goodness, we can get through anything. As long as we support each other, as long as we stick together, as long as I care about you and you care about me and we care about everybody, um, we live through hard times. Uh, we need the support and there's no better way to have someone to come to your life, not to do something for you or to fix something, just to say, hey, I'm here for you. I, I understand your pain. I understand what you're going through and we're gonna get through it together. So I'm not a hero, uh, far from it. And uh, certainly not a, an earth angel, but thank you, Lynn. <laughs> Well, I think you, I think the reason, the argument for you being a hero is that you have given us all that sense of connection that you are speaking about and also restored our faith in humanity. So that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big feat right there. Well, it's, uh, it's funny you said that because I, oh, I benefit so much out of this, um, I feel this year, I feel this incredible connection with thousands and thousands and thousands of people whom I have never met. And yet I feel connected. <laughs> I feel connected to these people. I feel connected to everyone. Well, thank you on behalf of everyone who has benefited from your art. Thank you so much for your love of flying and your love of people. It is my pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centres, Canada's largest family-owned jewellery store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centres are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. This podcast is made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. <laughs>